From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 228 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. I am excited to be here today. Let's talk about forgiveness, a very important subject because we can't unstick ourselves from the past until we forgive those people that, well, we hold that anger towards, that resentment towards. They did us wrong. They betrayed us in some way. They humiliated us. They hurt us physically or mentally, emotionally. So how can we move forward? This is a really big question because we all have those people, whether it's your parents, a relative, a teacher, a friend, whoever. So the first question today, when is the right time to forgive? The second question, should you be stable enough to be in the position to forgive this particular person? Well, the only position you need to be in is open to accept the emotions of this person, okay? If you are open and willing to let the baggage go, then the time to forgive is right now. It's today. The goal is it not to move forward because if you're still feeling a lot of pain around this person, then that means a part of you is still stuck in the past and you're not able to move forward. You're not able to approach this person with uh, in a neutral manner. But even if you're not around this person, this is what's so fascinating. We still bring about the memories of them. Even when they're not around, we're living our lives. We're around our children. We're going to work. And then we're thinking about this person and what they did to us in the past. It's like, okay, well, man, that that sucks because you're reliving that painful emotion. Like, isn't it time to let go of that? And that's what I want to explore today. What's that process? How can we let that go? And what happens if we don't let it go? Is it going to cause us some uh, physical harm in the long run? Well, let's explore that. First, I want to talk about my emotional experience with my ex-partner. We were together for six years. Six years. It was a long time. And uh, we got together while I was in college. We didn't go to the same school, but... Uh, then I, after college, I entered the workforce. And, you know, this was in my 20s. This was a big moment for me. But I had a lot of fears. I had a lot of fear around entering the workforce. I wasn't confident in myself that I would succeed. And I was fearful of not doing a good job in the workforce. Um, I had a lot of fear around responsibility. Um, I was very comfortable living under the roof of my mom uh, and my dad. Uh, It was a very comfortable life. And I was like, "Well, well, why go push myself when I can just sit around and smoke weed and play games and then go to my friend's house and then go uh, have, you know, meaningless 
pleasurable sex with people and with my ex, you know, and uh, you know, I said that smoke weed and, and drink alcohol occasionally and stay up late and, and eat Chinese food. And, you know, it was great. Like, why not do all of that it right now? Right. And that's a really good question. Why not? But, but when I was with my ex, we each pulled so much emotional currency from each other, right? We all have an emotional bank account. So say you start off fresh with somebody, your, your emotional bank account is 100, their emotional bank account is 100, you guys get along great, right? But then you, you lie to her one day, or she lies to you. And so when you lie to her, you're just pulling a little bit of currency out of her emotional bank account. But it's okay, because it's, it's one lie, she caught you, depending on the lie, you know, she caught you. And then she's like, Oh, okay, well, you know, Brad lied about this thing. It's no big deal, right? It's one time. But say you start to do it multiple times, say you start to sweep snakes under the rug, you start to ignore her, um, you know, emotionally, or, you know, there's some neglect in the relationship, and this sneaky behavior. And what happens, you keep withdrawing emotional currency from that person, right? And then you're stacking up all of these negatives, you're stacking up uh, pain on top of each other rather, rather than trust. So at this point, if if you've stacked enough of of this uh, a pain, then what's the relationship like? It's just it's just negative. The, she doesn't want to see you. You don't want to see her. Right? There's a lot of resentment because you just kept pulling out that emotional currency from the particular person. Right? There's no trust. It's in. There's no balance. There's there's no communication. It's it's a mess, right? And that's where I was in my previous relationship. I was a mess. And I didn't trust myself. I had no self-respect. And she saw that. She saw that. I also had a victim mentality. Because I thought, in my mind, that, well, I, I, everything, I need to be met. My, all my needs need to be met. And if she doesn't meet those needs, those expectations, then it's anger, it's resentment. And, you know, that, then it, if she doesn't meet those expectations, then I'm being neglected. I'm, you know, she's out to get me. It's just anger. And that, that's a conditional relationship. A conditional relationship is expectations not being met. That's not, un, that's not unconditional love. That's conditional love. And I, 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 you know, I had these expectations. She need to, she needed to meet those. I had all these desires and impulses that, you know, if she didn't meet, then I wasn't happy. I, I wasn't fulfilled. But those are short term, term desires and values. Those aren't going to last. So of course the relationship didn't last. But let's go back to. When I was with her, she saw within me because she has a child. And I accepted that, but I wasn't, I was, because I was still on Pleasure Island, she 
saw that I was not going to be a good stepfather, right? She saw that this guy is not going to take on responsibility. He's not committing himself. And so there, but, but going back to my desires, she wasn't meeting all of those. And I grew this resentment. We started to argue all the time. Uh, we said some nasty things to each other over time. Um, we broke up, I broke up with her, but, and then we got back together a couple times because I had the fear of not finding someone else. And, you know, the relationship, it was all that's familiar to me. Right. And, you know, it's, and had no self-confidence that I could find somebody else. So, you know, I just got, tried to make things work and work because in my mind, you know, I think that this is going to work, like this should work. Right. And, you know, a lot of people stay with what's familiar to them. And if pain, is suffer- pain and suffering is what's familiar, then sure, you're going to stick with that. But anyways, uh, for me to forgive her, this was a very challenging thing because I had the firm belief that she, I was the victim of this relationship. I didn't do anything wrong. It was so firm within me. But... Going through rock bottom for me with anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, and starting anxiety recovery, step one is to admit that your ways of being are insufficient and it's not going to get you out of the suffering because what you've been doing is is really keeping you in the suffering. You have to look elsewhere and to take responsibility over your situation. So my victim mindset, again, it was like, well, it's the world that's cruel. It's the world that's cruel. Everyone's against me. And well, it's either the world or you. And you better hope it's you because how are you going to change the damn world, right? So with my ex, I held this frame of resentment in my mind, this story of her for a long time. But I then asked myself, going through recovery and taking on responsibility that I need to confront my inadequacies, I I said to myself, what did I contribute to the relationship that led to its downfall? This was a totally different question. And I was blown, like... I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to confront that. Like, let's just blame her. It's easy, you know? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's comical when you think about it like that. But at the time, I, I can't even believe I had that frame in my mind that she was this evil person and I was this victim. I, I, I can't even believe I had that. But I want to read you a, a page from Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. I, I read a passage last week because I love this book so much. It's so, it's filled with valuable information, but this pertains to chronic resentment. Chronic, unrecognized anger and resentment reemerge in our life as depression, which is anger directed against oneself. If pushed further into the unconscious, it can reemerge as psychosomatic illnesses, migraine headaches, arthritis, 
and hypertension are frequently cited examples of chronic suppressed anger. These symptoms are very often alleviated as people learn how to let go of their inner anger. For example, in one study, the blood pressure measurements of the participants were taken before and after they received instruction on how to let go of negative emotion. All the people with hypertension showed drops in their blood pressure, both the systolic and diastolic once diastolic, the upper and lower numerical readings, once they started letting go of the emotional pressure that they had built up over the years. The Stanford University Forgiveness Project confirms the cardiac benefits of relinquishing anger and resentment. In the program, parents of children killed in the Protestant Catholic violence in Ireland learned how to let go of their bitterness toward the enemy. Measurements of their cardiac health and physical stamina showed significant improvement. Forgiveness healed their hearts, literally. As we have said before, with muscle testing, we can prove instantly that anger and resentment have a deleterious effect on the body, emotions, energy flow, and on the synchronization of the brain hemispheres. Anger kills the angry person, not the so-called enemy. The mind would like us to think that there is such a thing as justifiable anger, which takes the form of moralistic indignation. If we look at moralistic indignation, we will see that it is propped up by vanity and pride. We like to think how right we are in a situation and how wrong the other persons are. We get a passing cheap little satisfaction out of that. But our muscle testing proves what the cost is to our overall emotional and physical economy. The price we pay for chronic anger and resentment is sickness and premature death. Is this worth the small satisfaction of being right? There's a quote I love by Robin Sharma. Forgiveness isn't approving what happened. It's choosing to rise above it. So my willingness to confront my contributions to the toxic relationship I had with my ex, it allowed me to empathize over her perspective. You know, I put myself in her shoes. Well, what did she think about me? You know, I'm, I'm thinking so much about her and I'm getting satisfaction from it. But did I do something? Could I have contributed to this mess? And no wonder she got upset with me. No wonder she, we ended things on such a bad note. Yeah, I was immature. I was living on Pleasure Island. I was very difficult to be around. I wasn't committing myself. 
and uh, the list goes on. But then the question becomes, what if you have an abusive parent? What if you have an abusive, abusive relative? You were physically abused when you were a younger child. How can you even go about forgiving somebody? Now, learning to forgive requires you to understand where that other person was mentally. If you understand how you can do horrific acts yourself, then you can understand why others can do these horrific acts, right? Maybe they had a rough childhood growing up where they abused themselves. Is the trauma being passed down? How could someone do something like that? And those are some serious questions, but this is learning about the shadow, the dark, unintegrated parts of the human psyche. Carl Jung says, everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. If an inferiority is conscious, one always has a chance to correct it. End of quote. Those that do horrific acts, they have no separation from their shadow. They are completely engulfed in the dark parts of themselves. Those impulsive tendencies have no restraints. They are only well entertained. Jesus said while he was on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They are unconscious. They are repressing emotions. Like my old self, who refused to look at his own faults and blamed his ex and the world for their suffering. You know, looking at my inadequacies allowed me to change the story and take control over my circumstances. There's a book I absolutely love called Ordinary Men. In this book, we see these police officers in their 40s. This is at the time of Nazi Germany. And uh, these men were in their 40s, and they were not indoctrinated into Hitler's ideology when they were children. They were older men. They were ordinary men like you, like me, like they were ordinary people. But they were instructed to go and shoot naked pregnant ladies in the back of the head in the field. And all these Jewish people, they were forced to execute. And Doing this made them physiologically ill, but a lot of them stayed and did it, and that's so interesting. I, I looked at this from a, a cert, from my perspective. How could I be in this situation? And the book brilliantly lays out why a lot of these men didn't run away, even even though they were ill from doing these horrific acts, and it was the fear the fear of leaving their comrades to do the dirty work. It was the fear of being an outcast from their fellow officers. They were repressing emotions while they were doing this. A lot of them wanted to run away. But when you're around the normal and and you want to separate yourself from that you just you had these belief you have these beliefs saying oh no this is probably not right but everyone else seems to be doing it 
it takes so much from you to 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 acknowledge these underlying truths these emotions and then separate yourself from the group but well, I love this book are for those reasons that you know how could some an ordinary person find themselves in a situation and continue to do horrific acts and when you learn that they are repressing emotion that they are trying to fit in that there are a lot of fears behind it and you understand well how people can do that and so why I bring this up is because if you have somebody in your life somebody from your past that really did you harm they caused you so much pain and suffering how can you forgive them well look at their childhood where do they come from how could they do what they do were they f- following an ide- ideology were they just following poor beliefs that were brought about by their parents were they abused are they passing down the traumas of their their grandparents and then their parents and then they're passing it down to you but could you be the one to resolve that trauma could you be the one could you be that one soldier in Nazi Germany to say no and walk away from the group or are you going to turn your back on what your emotions are truly saying and continue to live unconsciously with pain and with suffering i'll leave a link below to a meditation that you can do today to forgive somebody now in this meditation you'll do some breathing and you'll bring about the person on this stage anybody from your life that you want to forgive you'll bring them about in your mind's eye and you will recognize this healing or not healing but this energetic light that connects your heart and their heart you know it could be a red toxic energy and no wonder and so in this meditation the sole purpose is to bring about emotions that are stored so i ask you to tell this person anything that you feel like telling them any emotion that comes up let it come up what do you have to say is there something that you want to tell them is there something you want to hear from them just tell them anything that you feel and i noticed when i did this with my ex uh, so much came up. I told her everything about how I felt. It was like minutes of strong emotion, anger, bitterness. It just kept coming up, coming up, coming up. And then in the meditation, I go, well, forgive this person. And then imagine them saying, I forgive you too. And so you, you tell them, I forgive you, please forgive me too. 
and you imagine them saying it back to you, and then you sever the ties, and then you watch them disappear. It's a very powerful emotional exercise because, like I said, the sole purpose is to bring about emotions that have been stored for a, a bit of time. There is a passage, another passage from Letting Go that I want to share with you guys before we conclude this podcast. The courage to let go. The level of courage is very helpful in the mechanism of surrender. In courage, we know I can look at my feelings. I don't have to be afraid of my feelings anymore. I can handle them. I can take responsibility for them. I can learn how to accept them and be free from them. I am willing to take risks to let go of old points of view and to explore new ones. I am willing to be joyous and share my experience with others. I experience myself as willing and able. It is often easy to jump from any of the lower feelings up to courage merely by affirming our courage to look at and handle our feelings. The mere willingness to look at and begin to handle them increases our self-esteem. If, for instance, we have a fear and are unwilling to look at it, then we feel diminished and our self-esteem is lowered. If we are willing to look at that fear, examine it, acknowledge its presence, see how it has inhibited our life, and begin to surrender it, then our self-esteem increases, whether the fear disappears or not. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. If this podcast resonates with you, please share it with somebody you know. You just might change the course of their life. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.